Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Wolfpacker Show. My name is Ethan McDowell, and I'm joined, as I always am, by Noah Fleischman. Uh, you know, we're here to recap what was a very eventful game between NC State and UVA. Noah and I got back from Charlottesville probably about an hour ago. Um, it was a quick trip, quick turnaround for us. Um, made it up to Charlottesville, and, uh, you know, um, really my first time up there. Really, really cool stadium. I enjoyed covering the game there. They have an open-air press box. Um, the only other press box in the ACC that does that is, um, I, I believe it's Clemson and Wake Forest, or maybe Georgia Tech has one. But you know, so that was cool. Is it more experience? You feel more um, in the crowd. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Noah, that was your second time there as well. So um, yeah, we're gonna dive into this game. We're gonna go through the highlights, the key moments, and um, before we do that, just want to give out a couple of you know, housekeeping items. Um, first, uh, you know, this is the Wolfpacker show. It's a part of the wolfpacker.com on the on three network. Um, it's $1 sub to subscribe to our website that gives you premium access to our message board, our, um, analysis for football and basketball, wrestling, all sorts of sports at NC state and, um, recruiting across football and basketball as well. So, Hey, it's going to be a, um, eventful next couple months for basketball recruiting, potentially. Um, Noah's really hitting the ground running on that. So, you know, $1, you can lock in for that. I'll have you covered on the football side of things. And then, of course, shoot, it's ACC play. We're off and running. You saw how exciting it's going to be for the rest of the season, and that's how it's going to be. So $1, subscribe, lock in with the thewolfpacker.com. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, the uh, link to join is in the um, description for this video. And um, also, before we dive in, just want to give us a shout out to our sponsor, the Game Time app. It's a ticket buying and selling marketplace where, um, shoot, like, no, if you're like me, um, I wait to the last minute to buy tickets. It's 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 an issue. It gets me in trouble sometimes with some, you know, late price hikes. But um, Game Time app is kind of nice. They have you know cheap tickets right up until kickoff, first pitch, what the start time for your concert, like really whatever you're looking for. And, um, you know, easy app to download. You can get it on your phone. And by far, my favorite thing about the app, and I'll, I'll show, I'll hold it up to the screen here if you're watching on YouTube, is you can see the um, view from your seat, um, which, you know, it's nice because some other sites you have to, you know, you have to look up your seat then you have to look up the view from the seat and it's a whole thing. Game time streamlines that process for you. It makes it really easy. Um, so check it out and um, use Wolfpack. That's all caps Wolfpack on your first purchase for $20 off. I um, I got the deal right this time. It is $20 off your first purchase. So go check it out. You download the Game Time app available on Apple or Google Play stores and um, or go to gametime.co. It's not .com, it's .co. And yeah, all right. Let's dive into this, Noah. 24-21, final score. Um, that is not close to either of our predictions going into this game. So I think it's safe to say this game did not go as we expected it to. Um, I want to preface it by saying, I think this might be a little more of an optimistic take than most fans are feeling about this game. It's a win on the, in the, in the ACC on the road. That's, that's tough. It's, it's difficult to win on the road in the ACC, even when you're playing a team like Virginia that is winless. I mean, shoot, you saw that with Florida State last week. They barely barely won at Boston College. And Florida State, they're one of the best teams in the ACC, maybe the country. So 
you 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 leave Charlottesville with a win, you got to be happy. Um, Dave Dorn told us as much in the post game press conference. It is difficult to win in this league. You got to be happy with the wins you get. Does that mean we have to be happy with the process? No, no. And it, it's fair to say there are significant concerns for NC State going forward with some of the stuff that um, we saw out there. But no, just your initial thoughts on the win over UVA and um, any takeaways you have from that matchup. Yeah, you know, it was a really up and down game. I mean, you know, NC State, you know, jumped out, scored. If you let Virginia kind of just hang around, I mean, they had multiple times, you know, in the fourth quarter that they, you know, offense could put Virginia away. You just need to get a couple first downs and the game is over. You know, they couldn't really move the ball. Um, that's a concern, you know, right off the bat, you know, in the fourth quarter, Virginia looked like they wanted the game more, right? They looked like they were, they wanted to win the game more than NC State did, and it showed on the field. Um, but, you know, NC State's defense bailed them out, and then penalties really bailed NC State out the most on, on Virginia really just getting some, you know, undisciplined penalties. You know, they had one on a, before the two-point conversion. They, they convert a 17-yard two-point conversion. And then they get one after that, which backs them up, allows Julian Gray to, you know, get a good kick return. And then the rest is, you know, history. They just move the ball 15 yards and, and kick a field goal. But a penalty also helped them do that, too. So it helped to make a 40, you know, 48-yard field goal, 33-yarder, a lot easier to hit. And, and they win the game. So that's, the you know, what you see right off the bat. Takeaways, running backs is a concern right now. You know, you lose Jordan Houston. Kendrick Raphael is banged up. You don't know what his status is going into Louisville week. Um, I guess we'll find out more on Monday on him. And then you look, you know, and, you know, Michael Allen's run the ball well, and then they just stopped going to him. And they just kind of abandoned that, let Brennan, you know, really take over this legs, which worked. But, I mean, you want to be able to run the ball with a running back too and not have your quarterback take 20 hits a game when he's running the ball. Um, and, you know, the defense played well. The special teams was the best part of the game. They made all of their kicks. Punting was amazing. Return game was good. So I think that, I mean, it's really the offense is kind of a concern, you know, heading into week four with Louisville coming to town, the ACC home opener um, of 2023, which would be exciting. It's going to be a packed crowd blackout. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, and and hopefully NC State can put a product on the field that, you know, re- that will be good with that atmosphere. Because if, if, if they come out like they did against UVA, I think the Cardinals will have, you know, run all over them. And, you know, it's, it's tough because the defense – NC State holds itself, and as a result, the media and the fans holds NC State's defense to a very high standard. Um, They're one of the best in the ACC over the past few years, if not the best. Um, This year, they're still really, really good. They're just having a little issues, a little more issues with tackling than they had last year. Um, Little issues, you know, filling run gaps and limiting big plays. That was still an issue. I believe it was six big plays by um, UVA through the air on um, on Friday. Yeah, it was six and then four rushing. So that's 10 total plays of 10 yards or more by the Cavaliers. It's not what you want, not what you want against the Cavaliers offense, but, um, you know, they played well. And they, like like you mentioned, they, they gave the offense two chances in the fourth quarter to fully put it away. Um, Wisha Fitzgerald with just, um, like, an acrobatic, just perfectly timed batted ball that um, was intercepted on a diving catch by Sean Brown. Like, man, that that was um, one of the better plays from the defense we've seen all season. And that was really impressive from um, a safety duo that's been asked to do a, a lot more than um, maybe originally expected going into this season. So they looked great. Um, that's worth touching on as well. Like the uh, 
the secondary was just banged up. The safeties, like you're obviously missing Jakeen Harris. Um, Devin Boykin goes out really early in the game. And um, Cecil Powell came in to play safety, and then he got hurt too. So it's just it, – it's tough. It, it, you're, you're playing backup safeties. You have Bishop Fitzgerald playing a safety position that Coach Doran said that he didn't even practice in this week. And it's just like, man, all of that considered, it's, it's not a half bad um, – not a half bad outing by the Wolfpack defense. You hold them to um, 21 points. That's pretty good. Um, but the offense just – the that part of complimentary football was not working. The defense was doing its part. The offense couldn't support it. Um, we, we talked uh, last week uh, with, uh, after VMI about how it was encouraging to see these long um, drives that were spanning, you know, 12, 15 plays um, because you can't rely on explosive plays solely in ACC play. Well, NC State kind of had to. They kind of had to rely just on, um, you know, Kevin Concepcion just breaking off these huge plays. Um, you know, Armstrong finding them up the scene for these massive plays. Like, Against a team better than Virginia, that's not going to work. Like you said, against Louisville, like if if they're relying simply on three to four explosive pa- passing plays in a game, it's not going to happen. Um, Coach Doran, you know, I think he mentioned in the post game that he needs to see a little bit more of a consistent rushing attack, and you know, we'll see we'll see where they find that. Especially this is our, um, I believe this is our first podcast after the. Um, Jordan Houston news broke. Did we discuss that earlier in the week? No. Um, so Jordan Houston, for those who didn't see, I'm sure everyone's seen by now, but um, he's redshirting this season. Um, he will not play the remainder of the year with the Wolfpack. So that running back room, it already wasn't that deep. Now it's even thinner. So you're looking at a scenario where Brennan Armstrong's your leading rusher, and uh, it might be that way. Um, Noah, We've talked a good bit about the running backs. Um, if where do you see the NC State's ground production coming from for the rest of the season, and um, is it going to be enough to not even become a great offense, just a solid offense that can complement what has been a good defense and outstanding special teams? Yeah, you know, I think you know it's going to start with Brennan Armstrong. I mean, when they needed to run the ball. He, against you know Virginia on Friday night in the last drive where they kicked the field goal, they kept it in his hand three straight runs, and he picked up eight yards, eight yards, and a handful just to you know move the ball to the middle and, and have a better kick. Um, so I think that says a lot about where they think this running game is at currently, because obviously nothing else is working. Kendrick Raphael looked good; he's banged up though, as we said earlier. So I think he can become a pretty big part of this offense, and Michael Allen can too. I mean, they both looked great in their you know limited action. Um, they're playing a lot with Delbert Mims, who, you know, he had that, you know, short yardage back kind of, you know, vibe going early, but they're running with him, but it didn't really work. And they kind of stopped that. So I think if, if, you know, you get a healthy Kendrick Raphael back, you're going to just have him with Michael Allen and hope that you can keep him healthy on the field. Or you're going to have to rely on Brennan Armstrong and, you know, that'll work. But at the same time, you're putting him, him, him in harm's way. And if he gets hurt, then not only are you losing a veteran quarterback, which I don't think that is the biggest, you know, it's a pretty big deal, but you have a guy who can play in an MJ Morris, which a lot of people want to see him play, but you're going to lose your leading rusher and MJ Morris isn't, isn't Brennan Armstrong when it comes on the ground. So that's kind of the biggest thing. So I think he's the answer on the run game for now. Obviously they want to fix that because if teams can figure out that all you can do is going to run your quarterback, then they're, they're going to figure out pretty quickly. <laughs> 
Agreed. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty telling on that last drive specifically where, um, you know, they just kept it in his hands. Um, based on how they described it in the post-game press conference, it sounded like the first play was a design pass and he took off. But then the um, last two were just um, design quarterback runs. And um, he did a good job of that. I mean, shoot, he got him into field goal range. And um, we'd be remiss also if we don't mention him. Braden Narvison, um, the game winner. Just uh, I-, I cannot imagine getting my first kick blocked and then having to go back out there and then have to kick a game-winning field goal like five minutes later. So hats off to him. Um, great kick. Um, you know, it looked like NC State was headed to overtime there. But, uh, you know, good to end that game and n- not give the Cavaliers that chance because they had a lot of momentum. And um, also, yeah, just on the same special teams vibe, just Caden Newcaster. Holy crap. I think we'll talk about him more later in the show, but um, just flipping the field, tied a career long with um, a 67-yard boot. And um, Julian Gray, again, on a kickoff return, 35 yards, took advantage of a penalty, and, um, yeah, made it happen. So, Noah, what's one play, like one series, just one key moment from this game that really sticks out to you as a, like, okay, this is when the momentum turned towards NC State or just you know, a, a, something that you're going to take away from this game, one drive, play, anything? Yeah, I think, you know, it comes in the first quarter or, you know, the second quarter maybe. It was in the first half. Brendan Armstrong, first two drives, not good. Inaccurate, all over the place, two for six for nine yards. Comes back out for that third drive, settles in, goes four for five for, I think, 41 yards and a touchdown. I think that drive is a pretty big turning point. He was kind of shaky the whole game, but I think that one showed that he could play and that he could lock in and, and lead them on a drive. You know, ended with a with a Kevin Concepcion first career touchdown, which is great to see from him as well. And then, you know, I think that that's kind of the one where it gives him a little bit of confidence and like, okay, you can shake off a little rough start, come back out, play almost perfectly, hit three like really good throws on that drive, thread the needle on one through two defenders to you know punch it in there. And I think that's kind of what they, what they want to see more from Brennan Armstrong, not the, you know, the 15 incompletions he threw with the pick. I think you're really looking at those 15 completions he had, you know, throughout the game. And, and it really started on that drive where he, he, you know, kind of found a rhythm a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was kind of just a weird game for him. Obviously, it was an emotional game. He was going back to Charlottesville for the first time and um, where he played for five seasons and, uh, you know, that's that. That was a big moment for him, and uh, it was a weird, hot and cold games. In some moments, he was looking fantastic, and and some he was throwing his one interception on the day, which was just a really poor ball. Um, not really sure what happened on that play, but um, you know, it's kind of just more of the same from what we've seen so far this season from him. He's gonna make some really, really good plays. He's a tough quarterback. He's a good leader for the team, but uh, his arm is going to lead to some turnovers, some inaccurate throws at times, and um, that's just how it's going to be, I think, a little bit this season. Um, My turning point of the game, um, I I wanted to go with uh, the the series of penalties um, there at the end because we talked to Peyton Wilson after the game. And he was telling us just how, um, like, UVA, they were just trying to, you know, bring emotions over the top a little bit. They are playing a little bit dirty. 
Wilson was saying. Um, he, he specifically shouted out one player in particular, if you want to go listen to his post-game press conference. Um, he mentioned one person in particular on UVA's offense was playing a little dirty. There's a, a video of someone online. Uh, online, you can see a video of someone putting their hand into his face mask. Um, but the key was, like, UVA had some critical personal foul penalties down the stretch there, right? But um, NC State kept its composure. They did not retaliate. They, like, Davin Van got headbutted, I believe. And, um, and, and, he, and he, he, he didn't do anything. He, he, then that NC State took the personal foul on UVA. And, you know, that keeps it from offsetting and just kind of wiping that off the board. And NC State made UVA pay for those mistakes. And that's a, hard, a large part of the reason why this game was decided in, um, in regulation instead of overtime. Um, because so the first one, like I mentioned, that UVA scores the touchdown, Davin Van gets headbutted, and uh, that knocks them back to the eight, eight, 17 or 18 for their um, two point conversion try. Uh, I mean, shout out to UVA's quarterback, um, Anthony um, Calandria. He, um, he delivered a strike <laughs> to um, convert that two point try, but um, you know, I think nine, um, nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, that pat that. A team isn't going to be able to convert a um a third or two point try from the 17 yard line against NC State. So it was a good job there. And then um the second one, like I if you go back and watch the video, I'm not r- really sure what um Kalandra could have done, but his um helmet was coming off, it comes off, and uh he ends up getting called for a personal foul penalty for um, I, I did they. I guess they call. Did they call it unsportsmanlike conduct? Uh, yeah, I think it's taking. It's it's you know ruled as unsportsmanlike conduct because obviously you're you're taking your helmet off. Usually it's in celebration. You're running around yelling. So that's kind of what the rule is when you take your helmet off on the playing surface. Yeah, what it looked like on the field from those who haven't seen it or haven't seen the replay is is like his helmet was already most of the way off as he fell to the ground and then he you know just took it the rest of the way off, but. You know, helmets off, they called it personal foul, and that's what had them kicking from their own 20-yard line. And, um, shoot, you give Julian Gray that much space to work with, he doesn't he doesn't need that much space. So you give it to him, he's going to take it, and um, good things happen for the pack there. All right. Um, I guess we're at a point now. Like We can start to go through our game balls. Um, Noah, yeah. you, you have a full game balls – article up on the website i encourage everyone to go check that out on the wolfpacker.com um noah does a great job it's like an instant reaction piece he gives out his players of the game um one of the better post game um content items we do on the wolfpacker.com but noah let's hear it um your first player of the game yeah i'm gonna pick you know a guy that i put in the game balls last night you know that we got right up after the game and you know i think caden fordham played you know out of his mind he played 12 tackle or 11 to 12 tackles i believe you know his career high his career high coming in today was five which he had against notre dame this is a guy who was last year on special teams the year before redshirted so this is his first opportunity of playing he started in place of devon Beatty or betty because of you know he had a kid this week and, and you know it's yeah, good to hear that but he just wasn't yeah, no, congrats to him, you know, having, having you know, a daughter this week, and then it's awesome to hear. But, you know, he just wasn't practicing. So it's next man up, and Fordham is that guy. And, and you know, it's kind of funny. He looks like a mini Peyton Wilson sometimes on the field. You know, some things, you know, aren't, you know, as, as cleaned up. But, you know, I think other times, you know, he's really good at tackling. Um, you know, he showed that uh, against NC State. You look at his PFF, 
he had an 88.6 grade on a run defense uh, against Virginia, you know, really helping hold them, you know, to a low. That's the second highest on the team behind Peyton Wilson, who had a 90.4. So I think that's Whoa. really good to see from a guy who is, you know, hasn't played a lot on defense at NC State, comes in in a conference game and plays his best, you know, college football game of his career. Yeah, and, you know, I just loved how – how he's fitting the run like that's something that NC State struggled a little bit with early and um like it just seems like every gap he's in there like he is um meeting the running back at the line of scrimmage knocking them back and um you know he's not perfect he had his own um personal foul penalty late in the game that was um pretty egregious it it should not have happened it's just a late hit um but uh you know he's gonna keep growing um you know Peyton Wilson was talking about him in the press conference, just a huge smile on his face, just about how much um, Caden has grown. So he has a bright future at NC State. And um, I think I think this performance kind of signaled that that future starts now. I, I think we're going to see that uh, there's four linebackers that are going to see a lot of time and, for the pack. Um, yeah. Uh, honorable mention, just wanted to mention Jalen Scott. Um, I think after – you know, a rough Notre Dame game. He strung together two really, really good games. I just like what I'm seeing out of him as well. Um, you know, defending the run, um, making some plays. He almost had an interception, I believe, um, this game. So, um, all right. I'm going to go with the obvious one. I'm going to go with Kevin Concepcion. I mean, we were talking about it. Like, we don't want to call this his breakout game. I don't I – don't, because he, he broke out – the. Quite frankly, the moment he stepped on campus, he, he's he's been that guy since um, January. But all, all the buzz has been around him constantly. It, that's why we were talking in the offseason about, hey, like look out, like he could he could he, he might not only play, he might start. And um, well, look here he is he is um, leading NC State tar- in targets with twenty two on the season. Next closest is Julian Gray with seven, I believe. So. He's, he's the number one receiver in Raleigh, and uh, this time last year he was playing high school football. So just huge testament to KC. In this game in particular, it was, um, I believe, was it six catches for um, 116 yards? Yeah, six catches on 10 targets, 116 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, so he got into the end zone um, twice. There was a cool anecdote that he show, shared after the game that um, he um, – you know, smiled real big, and he said it was an awesome moment. Couldn't really put it into words, but he's um he's taking that first touchdown um, ball to his mother, and just thought that was cool, cool moment. And uh, I mean, he was tough to cover, and we mentioned it in the preview pod. Like, uh, UVA had not defended slot receivers very well to start the season, so we were looking at that as a potential matchup that NC State could exploit. And shoot, they, they sure did. On, on on the first touchdown, he. Like it was like a little fake screen action, and then he went into the end zone, and Armstrong found him on the second one. Um, Casey got open up on the down the seam. Armstrong finds him, and then he weaves his way, um, you know, around a great block by Porter Rooks, and uh, reaches the end zone. So, you know, it it's he took it to another level on Friday. It's not a breakout, but he took it to another level. Um, that, we we were talking about it earlier, Noah. It seems like, you know. He's gonna. He pretty much has that um ACC rookie of the week locked up. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, also ends up being the receiver of the week. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But great game for KC. 
um, he, he has fully arrived as uh, NC State's number one receiver this season. And uh, no, I guess just um, moving forward to the next play of the game, just who, who gets your second game ball? Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with Davin Van. He didn't, you know, light up the stat sheet in any way with tackles or anything. But if you look at it, you know, look into what he did, you know, six quarterback hurries against the freshman quarterback, Anthony Calandria. He was in the backfield a lot. And he's getting you know, he's getting there. Calandria is able to just, you know, as a very mobile quarterback, it will just, you know, evade the pocket and move from the pressure. But six quarterback hurries in a game like that, I think I think you take that. That that's definitely worthy, you know, of of a guy that's really a, a standout performer, you know, for the Wolfpack. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And um, I'm going to cheat with my uh, second selection here for my um, last game ball and give it to two people. Um, same same unit, defensive lineman. Um, I thought Savion Jackson was awesome, disrupting UVA's um, rushing attack. He had five total tackles, one for loss, and uh, it was it was um, the f- most it was his best game of the season in my opinion and just um the way he was just consistently disrupting things it's um the Savion Jackson that everyone at NC State has become used to seeing um especially a pre-injury so it was great to see him um kind of get back to that form and then somebody that I've been talking about since he committed to NC State last fall Red Hibbler um he just adds the pass rushing element to this defense that is just electric He's coming off, and it, it's it's tough to rack up a lot of sacks in NC State's current um like three three five system as a defensive lineman. But um, shoot, he's already up to what I, I believe it's like two and a half or three on the year, and um he had one and a half last night, and you know he just uses his speed. I think he's probably the him or Davin Van is probably pretty close, the quickest um defensive lineman in the room, and uh, yeah, just causing total chaos in the backfield um having having red in your lineup is just such an asset to um you know have a change of pace guy to come in and um slide davin van into nose tackle on passing downs have red come off the edge it's it, it it's cool it adds another um interesting element to tony gibson's defense which is already really fun and uh yeah really really liked what i saw out of him all right. Well, Noah, we're going to get ready to wrap things up here relatively soon, but um, we do want to look forward a little bit because, um, like we said, obviously we touched on the positives and the negatives. Um, moving forward, Louisville's up next. Another Friday night game under the lights at Carter-Finley Stadium. Uh, I think the team will be very amped for that game, and it, it just has like that feeling. Like we're, we're, we're a third of the way through the year, and it just feels like one of those games that can really set the tone moving forward. Louisville's a good team, um, and they could definitely beat NC State at home. I, 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 I would not be surprised if um, the line on this game is very, very close in NC State's favor, or Louisville even gets a point or two um, as, a, um, as a road favorite. So that, that's going to be an interesting matchup. We're gonna, we'll break it down a ton throughout the week, of course. So we're not going to get into like a, the Louisville matchup, but um, no, just a couple things you're thinking of heading into um, Louisville week and um, that game against the Cardinals. Yeah. You know, I think there's, you know, a handful of things you can look at, right. You know, running back, we already touched on that's, that's 
you know, probably priority A on figure out what's, what's up there, whether, you know, health-wise plus, you know, how is NC State going to try to deploy their running backs a little bit differently to, you know, get more effectiveness out. Two is, you know, what is Dylan McMahon's status like? He's a quick mm-hmm. healer, but he was kind of hobbling around on the sideline at, at UVA. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a brace on his right knee, and, you know, it's there to basically keep his leg straight. Um, he obviously, I think, wanted to be out there. He didn't, you know, when he walked by me, it didn't look like he was – you know, happy. He, he's a happy guy to be out there, but I think he really misses playing and being out there, and that would help you know strengthen NC State's offensive line. You know, bring him back, let Lyndon Cooper slide back to the guard, and you know have a really good you know offensive front in front of Brandon Armstrong. And then third, you know, it's kind of comes down to can this offense play off the defense? The defense hasn't been the issue. It's kind of the offense isn't playing off of it. Of course, you know Notre Dame is behind it, but you know the past couple of weeks. Defense has played lights out. They've done what they needed to do to, to keep NC State in the game. And then they really kept, you know, NC State in the game against Virginia because the, the offense could not move the ball in the fourth quarter. You take those two turnovers away, and I think Virginia walks out of there, you know, with could be a multi-possession win, but instead, you know, NC State, you know, walks off with the field goal and, and does that. So good to see, but I want to see, you know, I guess the offense really, you know, find its, its rhythm and starts with the running back. Yeah, and um, I wonder if we're just going to see this is one of the biggest points for me and something that um, Coach Doran kind of talked about is just um, further narrowing down the playbook a little bit, um, kind of just narrowing down the scope of NC State's offense going into um, Louisville week because he, he said, like, you know, offensive coordinator Robert and I, he's going to look at what works, and he's not going to, you know, continue to try things that don't, right? So I think we, we're, as the season goes on, we're going to continue to see the system get refined to NC State's strengths. Um, I'm also look, um, looking forward to seeing how the receiver rotation gets changed. Um, yeah. I think it's starting to narrow down just a little bit. Um, it will break down the snap counts and everything yesterday. But um, shoot, like we said, um, Casey's number one guy. Um, I think Bradley Rosner is going to keep getting snaps like more and more as, as we go on. Yeah. Um, Keon Lassane continues to be, um, you know, one of the more targeted receivers on the team too. I, I he's a reliable guy that, um, I, he could have had a couple big plays in the UVA game as well. If, um, Armstrong had connected with him. So that's going to be something to watch. And then, yeah, I had the same point on health, just, um, Dylan, they, they could really use Dylan back. I didn't think the the offensive line played poorly, to be honest. UVA sent a lot of blitzers, like, like all the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was tough for interstate's offensive line to fully handle that, and they probably could have done a little better job of slowing them down. But I thought they they, they kept um, Brennan pretty clean for the most part. So, um, But obviously adding your captain and your center back into the mix would be huge. Um, and then in the secondary, um, what's um, Devin Boykin's status? He does so much for that defense. Um, they really need him um, to be healthy. So hopefully that's not anything serious, and um, they'll get him back um, fairly soon. And, yeah, that, that, that's pretty that, – those are the main things I'm looking for. Um, I, I think we, we're starting to realize more and more what NC State is this year. Um and, you know, we'll see how they adjust and grow over the next couple of weeks. And it'll be interesting to see. 
And um, all right, I believe that's it for us, Noah. Um, we'll be back later this week to uh, break down the matchup with Louisville in depth. Um, looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, first ACC game of the season at Cardiff Finley Stadium. It'll be a good one. Looking forward to seeing all of you NC State fans there. Um, and thank you for watching or listening. Um, if you are listening on a podcast platform, just a reminder, we're on YouTube. Please subscribe and, um, you know, um, give us a like and leave a comment even. Um, we'll, we'll respond. We'll, we, we'll have a conversation in the YouTube comment section if you want, um, if you agree or disagree with any of our points. And uh, we're on thewolfpacker.com. Check it out, $1 to subscribe. And please check out our sponsor, the Game Time app. Um, it's gametime.co. Uh, you know, ticket buying and selling marketplace makes it easy. You see the view from your seat. And uh, all right, that's all, folks. Um, thank you for lo listening to the Wolfpacker Show.